KCSB FM Santa Barbara 91.9. This is Inside Isla Vista. I'm Alexandra Goldberg with KCSB News. This is the show that shares what's happening in and around Isla Vista in the UC Santa Barbara community. Later in the show, how to create a conducive learning environment over Zoom is an issue teachers and teaching assistants are dealing with during pandemic life. KCSB's Grace Aldrich speaks with a UCSB graduate student who is taking on this challenge. But first, pandemic pods. What are they and why would you want to be in one? I'll share my experience with you. In an article by The Greater Good magazine, journalists Jeremy Adam Smith and William Winters define pandemic pods as, quote, small self-contained networks of people who limit their non-distanced social interaction to one another. The article also highlights an interesting and relevant statistic from a COVID response tracking study by the University of Chicago. Data shows that 14% of American adults say that they are very happy, whereas before the coronavirus pandemic, it was 31%. Trying to combat isolation and loneliness is a pressing issue in our modern society, and a pandemic pod might be a solution. However, we must remind ourselves to take proper precautions to slow the spread. Information from public health officials advises that these pods should have a maximum of 12 members across three households. I've been in a pandemic pod, and so has my KCSB News reporter colleague, Grace Aldrich. We're here tonight to offer some insight into our own experiences. Hey, Grace, thank you so much for joining me just to discuss a little bit about pandemic pods. Hey, Alex, thank you so much for having me on. I wanted to start off with a quick little anecdote just about my own experience with the pandemic pod. So according to the Greater Good magazine, They recommend about 12 people in a pandemic pod across three households. Um, I was in a personal pandemic pod with 12 total people. And this summer we saw pretty much just each other. We were definitely very diligent and keeping each other accountable. But we decided to take a small road trip from Orange County to Arizona, staying in an Airbnb, thinking that we would only see the 12 of us and we'd be in a clean environment. Um, Long story short, in the end, eight out of 12 of my pandemic pod ended up contracting the coronavirus and we had to all quarantine once we got back home. So I think um, my experience was pretty much setting an example of how to do it wrong, although we did take all of the precautions that we could have. So gracious, tell me a little bit about your personal experience and if you got COVID like my friends did. So, no, I have not contracted COVID. Uh, However, I have known many of people that have. It has been a very interesting time for me in this pandemic as I started off as an essential healthcare worker working in old age in Santa Barbara County. I had to leave my job because of the feelings of uncertainty of the high-risk population Um, and that amount of stress it was causing me as a 20-year-old student at that time. At this point, I was in Isla Vista. At that time, I had a little pandemic pod. I then came back to Los Angeles where I was able to move in back to my parents' house, um, which was really um, surreal. Being, Being away from home for two years and able to really work on independence and starting my own life and then moving back 
has been really, really trippy and also just a little kind of crazy. The coronavirus pandemic has been hard. However, I find great comfort in knowing that we are all in this together. And as everyone is experiencing differently and how it affects everyone differently, um, there is a commonality and that has been very comforting and very, it has helped enrich some of my friendships, which has been nice. Yeah, um, I just think back to March where everyone was advised to stay home with just their housemates or their families at home um, by the CDC. And I think about how pandemic pods were not even a thought back then. And here we are in October and pandemic pods, I would say are being recommended um, to help with mental health and um, solidarity, isolation. So, I mean, I can talk a bit about my mental health comparative from October to March. I'd say I'm definitely a lot happier with my pandemic pod um, being able to meet people via Zoom, I feel like society has gotten that figured out just a little bit more. Um, can you talk about maybe your experiences with mental health comparing the pandemic beginnings in March and where we are now in October? Yeah, so I feel like it has kind of been a roller coaster. Um, each month brings on a new hardship. Uh, so in March, like I said, I was a essential worker um, in elder care. And so working with dementia patients uh, who and high risk, just like 80 to 90 year old clients was really that, it was a lot. And now I am in Los Angeles doing online Zoom school and I just, I don't know much to say about pandemic pods other than the fact that like I was in one in IV, I was in one here and now I'm in a new one. And it's all about just like being able to see friends, see people you trust, be able to be around people so you don't go crazy and talk to your dogs like they're people, but also be able to maintain sanity and your health and just like the society right now is just crazy and unprecedented and no one even knows how or why or how to get through it why we're here um and it's really overwhelming for everyone and so just being able to have that sense of normalcy of pandemic pods uh, i think is really the key to it um, so not everything feels different as you uh informed us earlier like you your pandemic pod, a majority of you guys did contract the COVID-19 virus. Um, and so from that, what learning experiences and learning outcomes did you have? Um, I think one of the big outcomes was just, you know, managing expectations and having risk management as well. Since we were in a pretty isolated pandemic pod, we, don't really know the source of how we got coronavirus. Um, so we all speculate, you know, maybe it was a gas station or a grocery store on the way, but we will truly never know. So that's where managing expectations come, comes into play. Um, and I think that's why society is really full of unknowns because we don't quite know um, contract tracing to a T. How after your pod experienced 
the virus? How did it change your views of coronavirus and how you inform others? I think that after eight of my friends contracted COVID on a small little road trip, I realized that this was almost too easy to get. And I think before my friends and I contracted COVID, we would be told by adults, oh, you're going to know someone who gets it. And after this situation occurred, knowing eight people who had it was pretty revolutionary in my mind. So it definitely um, made me very, very cautious about meeting new people, going out, even um, opening doors at grocery stores. Um, So those things that are just so second nature, like my world was pretty rocked after that experience within my own pandemic pod. Um, And with educating others, I just think that really stressing, um, wearing masks and washing your hands and staying six feet, like it's, it's almost a taboo now, but it's so relevant and it's so true. And really until we have that cure, um, though, that's what we can do. And how has um, starting at the university really played a role into your social life and especially um, just like your overall happiness and well-being? I think that being a first year at a huge university like UC Santa Barbara, um, it's very romanticized. So going in when I first got my acceptance, I thought that I was going to, you know, have that typical work hard, play hard um, mindset where I was going to study at a top university, but also meet all these new people, um, join clubs and organizations, be best friends with my roommates and everyone in um, my dorm. So after, you know, the many disappointments of finding out I wasn't going to be in a dorm, um, I would say even over half of the freshman class weren't going to be moving up to IV. It was definitely unsettling and scary because I'm leaving this environment of my hometown where you pretty much know everyone, you're comfortable with your family, and you have your inner circle to moving hours away um, with pretty much no one to fall back on. So I think as a first year, it's especially hard because everyone who's already attended school kind of already found their niche and you know they have their inner circle. So all first years across the country are kind of in my same boat, which makes it definitely more tolerable just to know that every first year is feeling the emotions that I feel and it's completely normal. So my advice would just be make the best out of it. It's super cliche, but, you know, as a human, there's nothing we can do. We're pretty much playing human versus disease right now. So make the best out of it. And you just got to keep trudging on until you see the light at the end of the tubble, tunnel, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I guess, like, another question is, like, have you found anything to combat this or any study tips? Like, I know uh, school just started, but what are you doing in order or what have you found helps? I think one of my favorite parts about living in a house of six right now is – all studying at the kitchen table. Um, 
I just think about, you know, missing out on going to those big lecture halls and the smaller seminars where you can be vocal with all these academics and people that can inspire you in an academic way. So when the six of us all sit at our kitchen table with our computers and our um, earbuds in, you know, it, it brings back a little bit of that. So it's motivating and it's inspiring and to see all of your housemates kind of in the same boat working on their own things. Um, I'd say that's a study tip that's definitely helped me so far in online school. Um, I'm looking forward to um, attending like little discords that my peers have put together, which is really cool. So things like popcorn reading or talking before a discussion and inspiring each other. I think that will be helpful because sitting in your room for hours a day, looking at a computer screen, it's, um, it's exhausting. And I think that being able to find um, inspiration in your peers, whether it's your housemates or through an online platform, it's really important to keep yourself going. Yeah, and I think that comes back to what I said earlier about normalcy, um, is that's the best way to, uh, I guess, stay sane during this whole time, because it is crazy in our, all our lives. If you look to how everyone was celebrating Christmas last year, it's completely different, and everything's been uprooted. So being able to have those friends and those housemates and routine, I think, that's one of the main things that I'm trying to focus on is having a routine, um, especially when you wake up every day in the same house and you don't really leave. Just being able to have like a set time to wake up, a set time to go to bed, um, get those three meals in a day uh, really, really helps uh, overall with like keeping a good uh, mental well-being. Yeah, totally. Um, what's your perspective on where pandemic pods should meet? So would you say you and your pandemic pod would be comfortable meeting strictly outside? Would you go indoors, even restaurants or um, maybe low capacity bars? Um, so for me, I think what's really important is a gradual buildup at first. So just like within the first two weeks, maybe start by meeting outside. And then definitely like after two weeks and you, if everyone's just quarantining together for the most part and not seeing anyone else, I personally don't see the um, problem or fall in like going to their house, going inside. Um, I know a bunch of my friends just moved into a new house or three of my friends moved into a new house. So I like have gone in and spend time with them and cook. I'm, a lot of stuff is even just the little things because there isn't much to do, like make dinner for each other, um, play board games, uh, make art. And I think parks are really nice. Uh, I used to, with my old pandemic pod, we would go get in and out and sit in a park um, and just kind of talk like that. Personally, restaurants outside has potential. I'm not really big also just because restaurants are pricey and I would rather learn how to cook and better my cooking skills. Um, and then in re reference to bars, I see that as a no-go for myself. How about you? Um, right now I'm pretty surprised with how many people are going to restaurants and just businesses in general. 
just because you are coming into contact with so many strangers. But I like what you said about the gradual buildup. Um, I think that being able to form trust with your pandemic pod or your friends that you're seeing often. So there was one time, and I think this is really important topic about open communication and boundaries within your pod. Um, everyone has different personal beliefs about them, social distancing, um, but I had a friend that was like, let's go to Goodwill. And I had to be like, no, well, no, um, I don't feel comfortable going in a place um, of donated clothing at this moment right now because of the risk factors. And what was so surprising was right after it, they're like, oh yeah, you're probably right. And I feel like that's pretty common. And I know I have this too, is just like kind of forgetting that we're in a pandemic or the amount of times the other day I was at Gelson's and I walked in and I was like, oh, I forgot my mask in the car and I have to go back. And I just feel like there's like just little times that you do forget. Um, and I think that having open communication, a lot of times people under people are really receptive to it. And I think uh, some people sometimes might be scared to like confront their friends or set boundaries, but all in all, most of the time from what I've seen and heard is that it's mostly really like the point gets across and people are pretty understanding of comfort levels. Yeah, thank you so much, Grace, for joining me. Um, I think pandemic pods are a very valuable source right now mm -hmm. um, to combat isolation and feelings of loneliness amidst coronavirus. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much, Alex. It was always great talking to you. Um, and I wish you the best of luck um, with school. And yeah, I really hope that I was able to answer some of the questions that people might have. Stay safe, listeners, and make the best of your time in a pandemic pod. That was Grace Aldrich and I talking about pandemic pods. What are they and how are they beneficial? You're listening to Inside Isla Vista. I'm Alexandra Goldberg. Before we go tonight, I wanted to share with you this other story from Grace. Grace has been working hard for KCSB News as our COVID reporter. In this interview, Grace Aldrich speaks with Miguel Penabella, a teaching assistant and UCSB grad student. He shares his perspective about creating a conducive learning environment over Zoom in the trials and tribulations he has faced amongst the COVID-19 pandemic. So I am a graduate student in, at UC Santa Barbara in film and media studies. And I have also served as a teaching associate. So I've actually taught a class over the summer remotely. And would you be able to tell us a little bit about your experiences being a TA and as a graduate student? I taught in the, at the very end of winter, right when stay-at-home orders kind of went into place. And so that really became very chaotic towards the end because it obviously there were no contingency plans in place for professors and nobody really knew what to do with final exams, right? Um, administration and faculty kind of handling things as news and updates kind of came along. Um, and so there was obviously a lot of confusion among students, but I think people did the best they could 
given the possible given the circumstances um and then over the summer i actually had the chance to teach my own course so i feel like i can really speak a lot to that because um you know knowing that everything was going to be remote i had to develop an entire syllabus that was based on remote learning and things like that and it was like a course of 60 students and so i had to deal with <clears throat> 60 people and i had a ta um and you know the all the kind of information that administration and things were telling us as instructors were to be as flexible as possible right and like i obviously understood that because there were all these challenges of like oh families and students were probably dealing with covid in their families during this time or maybe they know somebody with covid um students were dealing with a lot of different hardships right like suddenly they were no longer in a, in a learning environment where it was conducive right to taking a college class right they might be in a very crowded household a lot of students didn't really have access to stable wi-fi or like a quiet space for learning some people might not even be in like a non-hostile you know environment to live in um and then some people might some people are even in different time zones which made things tricky because obviously you know if there's no reason to if there's if they've been evacuated from their dorm rooms um obviously some people just went home right so i had some people who were living in florida some people who were living in japan korea china and so it made scheduling things very difficult and so what i ended up doing was um not requiring that people go to live Zoom lectures, but that I would pre-record everything and then give it as an MP4 file. But then also I gave the option for those who did want that kind of live discussion, we could do so. And so out of that 60 people, I'd say maybe about a dozen people went. Um, so it was very low attendance for the live um, discussion, but only because I made it optional. Um, and so that was kind of tricky, right? Because um, everybody was kind of learning asynchronously, right? Like on their own, on their own time. Um, and I know that a lot of people, I give these, you know, polls and questionnaires where people just say like, yeah, um, I found it very difficult to kind of stay motivated to do work because all the days kind of blend together and things like that. Sounds like you were really accommodating um, and really tried to meet the needs of your students, which is really special. Um, Thank you. Of yeah, we, it's, I mean, it's a learning process, you know, to try to figure out how to do this for everybody. But what are your concerns about remote learning for fall quarter? Um, if you could address any of those. Yeah, so what I did, so I'll be a TA for this fall quarter. And so one of the things I learned to do is to send, to send out a poll ahead of time, like a questionnaire where I would ask a variety of different questions to gauge people's like circumstances, right? So I asked like anonymously, like, you know, to what extent do you have access to a quiet learning space? And I gave like a, a sliding scale from one to five or like, to what extent do you have access to stable Wi-Fi if you're if we're gonna ask you to stream a full-length feature movie, right? And I also asked like to what extent do you feel comfortable being on camera on webcam or to what extent do you feel comfortable speaking on mic? 
And what I found is that there's been a lot of ambivalence or like a three for their level of comfort. Um, and so that's going to be a challenge to try to get people to feel comfortable speaking, you know, on Zoom and being engaged. And then also the technical limitations, obviously, are going to be another big issue because, you know, people have different levels of access to Wi-Fi and quiet learning environments. And so <clears throat> it's just a matter of trying to figure out how to be as accommodating as possible um, during all this because obviously a lot of people are very, I don't know, I feel like they're zoomed out, right? Like their level of motivation to take a college course while still paying full price for college, even though they're at home, it's kind of a big blow. And also another question I asked them was like, like what's the number one thing that's affecting your like abilities to learn or whatever? And I gave them a variety of answers like, you know, feeling isolated from students, lack of face-to-face -face time with an instructor. But the number one response was actually like external stressors outside of the classroom. So like jobs, family care, those things. And I was actually surprised that that was the number one answer. It's affecting everyone differently where some people who have had family members like pass, excuse me, pass away from COVID where mm -hmm. other people um, you got freshmen, um, uh, the incoming freshmen that are stressed out about how am I going to make friends? How am I going to do this? Um, other people, I know student athletes. Um, it's just been, it's, it's a lot of different, it can affect someone in so many different ways. Um, but it's all just so stressful and overwhelming for um, everyone. Do you have anything to say? to these individuals who don't want to social distance or wear masks? Um, I don't know, I guess just like, it's, it's just, I have family who are entirely, almost entirely medical people. And so they have to deal with um, COVID patients on a day-to-day -day basis, right? And my family is um, more at risk because we're um, people of color and so, it's really upsetting to see people blatantly put, you know, people at risk for that, you know, like if they, if my parents, for instance, were living here, I would be very angry, right? Um, and I am very angry, even though my parents aren't here, because it means that there are people who are at risk, like those medical professionals, and things like that, because this is a very preventable thing. Um, and, you know, if people just, you know, did their part, um, there are ways to still enjoy, you know, the presence of others um, responsibly, whether that's social distance or, you know, you could go on a hike like I do with my friends or enjoy happy hour over Zoom or something like that. Like it's different, but it's the price, I guess, that we have to pay for better things, hopefully in the future. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, I really felt like I needed to because I had that different perspective. That's KCSB's Grace Aldrich speaking with Miguel Penabella, a teaching assistant in UCSB's grad student, about the challenges he's faced as an instructor during this pandemic year, when there's often not been time for advanced planning. You've been listening to Inside Isla Vista. Thanks for tuning in Wednesdays at 5 p.m. to find out what's happening in and around Isla Vista. You can see our Isla Vista COVID-19 case tracker and other helpful pandemic information online 
in the news section of kcsv.org. I'm Alexandra Goldberg. Our theme music is Siesta by Jawser. This in 91.9 FM, KCSB.